welcome to uh, Creating Your Thriving Hypnotherapy Business Podcast with me, Ali Hollands. This is a podcast for new and experienced hypnotherapists who want to flourish in practice and stay in business. And today I am so delighted to welcome Jerry Gordon Brown of JJA Accounting. As an industry supplier, um, I wanted to talk to Jerry because I know when I'm training people that the two things that they freak out the most are um, accounting and marketing so of course uh jerry is the perfect person to talk to and has actually spoken to my students before and they loved him by the way so you are going to really enjoy this today um so jerry is fantastic because he specializes in working with small businesses and startups having opened run and sold several businesses i have heard some of his life story um so he knows the journey that people are on so let's dive into that a little bit more good morning jerry morning ali oh it's so cool to see you again today um uh so jerry tell me more about your kind of serial entrepreneurship i think they call it nowadays that's what the young folks are calling it aren't they well it it all started i started life as a teacher and uh i was teaching in Yorkshire and uh, I wanted to move up to the northeast or rather my fiance at the time wanted me to move to the northeast because that's where she wanted to settle and I couldn't get a job in uh, teaching up there so I got another job and it was in a training department of a large insurance company which I have to say is the most boring thing I've ever done <laughs> and then I left that uh, uh, company and joined a local uh, broker and thought why on earth am I working for you I could do this on my own uh, there was some time uh, lapse involved there but uh, I then set up my own business and, and that's literally what pushed me into business I had no intention of going into business I just fell into that and sort of four years down the line someone came into my office and said do you want to sell your business so it wasn't a strategic, clever thing to do. It was just actually being in when this guy turned up and I sold him the business and thought, oh, what will I do? And so that's where I started uh, another business and I sold that and then another business and sold that and then another business and sold that and then another business and sold that. <laughs> and here I am. And here you are. Um, mm. Yeah. So one of the things that always confuses um you know, people, when we're going into business, I remember it confused me when I was first setting up as a hypnotherapist and I was terribly intimidated. You know, I was convinced I was going to go to prison if I got it wrong, if I got my accounts wrong. Um, so when people are starting up, obviously some people have already run their own businesses so that this won't really apply to them. But if you've never run a business before, what kind of things should should they be thinking about when they're setting up from an accounting and the finances point of view? Hmm. The, the first thing they need to look at is uh, what type of business are they going to be? Are they going to be self-employed or are they going to set up a company? And, and, and to be honest, they're not really, well, although they end up being accounting questions, they're more how you see your business going questions. So if you're going to uh, work in hypnotherapy part-time alongside another job or just part-time, you probably would choose the self-employed route. 
if you intend to take over the world, then maybe a company. Uh, the, the self-employed is the easiest way to go. There's a lot less paperwork involved. It's pretty straightforward. Um, a company is slightly more complex, but not that complex, to be fair. Um, and the good news about doing it via a company is the accountancy fees are higher, which obviously accountants like. Um, <laughs> but the reality is it gives you slightly more options with regard to taking income. Now, the point there is, of course, if you're working part time and you're just, you know, for work life balance reasons and you're not making you know, that much money, you, the, the flexibility of how you take your income isn't too important. So I would say that whilst you're setting up and starting off, unless you've got other things in the background, may you, maybe there's a family business that you're involved with or whatever, and I came across that once through one of your guys, mm. um, that might be the time that you create a company. But if it's just you and you're setting up for the first time on your own, just become self-employed. It's far, far easier. The costs are way, way lower. Um, yeah, that, that's how I would do it. And I'd get some advice around how to understand how tax works, uh, which any decent accountant will give you. And hopefully they'll give you free of charge that information, uh, because there are certain complexities in the tax system that if you're not prepared for them, they hurt. But yeah. if you're prepared for them, they're straightforward. Yeah, and I think that's it. We're always, you know, the concern is you're going to get it wrong and it's going to, A, you're going to get in trouble and B, it's going to cost you loads of money later on. Um, mm. You know, as you were talking about taking over the world, what mm. constitutes a lot of money? You know, so between, you know, up, what's the kind of the cutoff? Because I know there's there's a, a financial cutoff, mm. not, you know, and I'm, it's not something I've really ever considered because I really love being just self-employed and I don't mm. think I've ever hit hit the threshold yet, but who knows? Well, it's slightly changed uh, because of the changes in national insurance that have just come in now. I won't bore you with the story about that. But, Thank God for that. Uh, Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I find it boring, so, you know. Um I would say that if after all your costs, you're going to be earning 50,000-ish, then you should consider doing it via a limited company. Depending on your circumstances, it could be a bit lower than that. But it's those kind of numbers. Sure. sure. Um, yeah. It, and it, it's, a, it's to do with... So when you're self-employed, you're not taxed on the money you take out of the business. That sounds a bit crazy, but you're not. You're taxed on the profits. And the amount you take out of the business can't be deducted from profits. So just park that. If anyone wants me to explain that to them, I'll be happy to do so. But with uh, a limited company, you're taxed on profits, but then you can take dividends. And dividends are taxed at a far, far lower rate than income tax. And you don't pay national insurance on dividends, whereas you do on personal earnings. So that's the key difference. And it's where that kicks in, where that line is, sure. where those two things cross over and one becomes better than the other. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's a fluffy little grey area, isn't it? It's it like is. when when do you when do you kick it over? Is you yeah. know, it's it's kind of yeah, as you said. So it, you're right. It's a much better question to ask. How do I view my business? Mm. Um cool. Thank you for that, because it's the it's another one. Um so I was thinking a lot of people um 
as you said, they haven't run their own businesses before. What do you think the most costly mistakes that people new to business make? And is there are there any like really quick ways to avoid them? Uh, I'm going to go slightly off topic. The one thing that I would observe in people when they start business is they don't really understand their marketing. They don't understand who they're going to be marketing to and what their messaging should be to attract those people. That's the number one mistake. Because if you're making, because if if you don't get your marketing right, you're not going to make any money. If you're actually making money, you can employ people like me to sort tax and finances and the rest of things out. But if you're not making any money, you can't. So that's the first thing. In terms of uh, accounts, it's keeping your records properly. And it's really, really boring, but it's really, really simple. You need to keep a, um, a keep, keep a record of the money coming into your business and the money going out of your business. It's household budgeting, really. Mm-hmm. But you need to understand what the tax deductible things are. And, and you know, the, the, there's basically lists that you can get. And uh, I, In fact, I think I gave one out to the people at the seminar that I, I, I did uh, with you. Um, but I, I'm happy to share uh, that, that kind of information with anyone that you point towards me. I'll, I'll, cool. I'll give that information out. But uh, first thing is get a business bank account. That was what I was going to ask that. It was like, do you think it's worth doing that? Otherwise, it's very confusing. It's dead easy to work out what's coming in in a personal account, but what's going out isn't. So, you know, you've got all your household bills going out and you've got all your business expenses going out. Separate the two things. Have a business account. And bearing in mind, boring accountancy talk now, we're not far away from what's called making tax digital, applying to nearly all businesses. That means that you have to report to the Inland Revenue via software. So my advice to people would be to get a business account with the NatWest or their online uh, uh, bank called Metal, because that will give you access to free software. There's lots of banks that give you access to free software, but normally it's rubbish. The the, uh, Metal account gives you, and the NatWest account would give you access to free agents and free agents, proper bookkeeping stroke accounting software. Simple to use, but that means that if you do have an account, they can jump in, uh, they have a sign into your account, jump in and correct any mistakes that are there, walk you through things. But that's the key thing, good record keeping. It can, you know, forgetting making tax digital for a minute, do it in an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Have two, sp- two spreadsheets, one for income, one for expenditure. And do you, does it have to be a business bank account? Because I've been asked that question before. Well, or just separate it bank bit, account. But it doesn't need to be. What, what, sure. It's just another layer of cost. Yeah, um, and it's, just, it's a question I've been asked several times. So, you know, while well, I've got you here, I thought I'd ask you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you go down the company route, it does have to be a business bank yeah, account. Yeah. But if it's yourself employed no, just a separate business account. Nice. Sorry, okay. separate bank account. Uh, yeah, separate account, a place where, you know, you can see it all in one place and it's nice. And I always think, you know, when I think of it is I always think, oh, it's nice and clean because it's separate to everything else. Yes, exactly. um, and it makes it, it's really easy to see 
how healthy your business is as well. It's much easier to see it when there's, um, you know, that clarity around it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You Absolutely. Can see if you're kind of spending way too much money on your Facebook advertising or your whatever it is or your networking yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or too many coffees out for one to ones. Um, yes. Okay. Cool. Well, that's a, just just to jump on that. I'll, I'll throw this in for a quick tip. When you talk about too many coffees out for one to ones. Remember, uh, entertaining is not a business expense, but uh, subsistence is. So if you go out uh, to meet to a meeting and en route to that meeting, you buy yourself a coffee, you can deduct that. That's fine. If you go out, if you and I went and sat in a cafe and had a coffee, a coffee, a a coffee and you paid, you couldn't claim my coffee. That's sad, isn't it? It is. People make mistakes with this all the time and they, they, they buy clients presents and they send people flowers and it's not, not deductible. That is a shame. It's like they don't take us seriously just because we're not a limited company. Boo. Um, mm. Fab. Thank you for that. It's, yeah, it's those little things that are really, you know, it is. It's always it's those little funky little things that we don't realise or the fun stuff that you can put through that we also don't realise. That's why I like accountants. Um, So I have referred a few people to you and you've spoken to my students in the past. Um, You know, what were their biggest kind of concerns or challenges? Was there a pattern to any of it at all? Uh, Well, it went from... um, I've done this before it's better use of my time to get you to do it than to do it myself right through to, Oh my God, what am I going to do? How do I do this? What do, you know, <laughs> what do I do? Keep me out of jail, Jerry. And it, it, it's knowing what you can do and what you can't do and what will get you into trouble and what you won't, what won't get you into trouble. People still worry about if they make a mistake Will they go to jail? And the answer is no. If they make a mistake, they might get fined, but they won't go to jail. If you do something fraudulent, that's when you go to jail. And it's actually not that straightforward to do something fraudulent without knowing about it. So most people need not to worry about the big things going wrong. They just need to understand what they can and can't claim for. And then they won't make a mistake. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, my my kind of first forays into really deciding that I wanted to have, because I've always had an accountant, but not always used them well, which is why mm. I don't think every accountant is right for everyone. Mm. Um, so, and I and let's kind of go to that. It was a little bit further down my list, but it is, it's quite an individual relationship, isn't it? You know, and I know that I wanted to speak to you because you specialise in small and startup businesses and service businesses as well. I know you work really mm. well with them. Mm. Um, so what do you think people should ask an accountant knowing you've kind of met kind of kind of our gang now you know what we're like mm. as as a gang um yeah. so <laughs> i was going to say as a breed but you know i'll be nice to us and say as a gang um you know we have a few traits around us and you know mm. and basically most of us in most of the way we set up our business looks pretty similar so what do you think they should be asking anyone who potentially could be looking after their money for them, their accountant? 
Well, the, the first thing, I, I promise you, I, I'm not going to go politician on you and not answer this question, but I'll answer another question first. The first thing that you need to do, generally speaking, uh, you can never say 100%, but out of all the people that I've met uh, through you, their desire is to do good in the world and to be helpful. Yep. They need to match themselves with an accountant that has similar values. I think it's really, really important that you get on because you should never be frightened to pick up the phone and think, okay, A, this is going to cost me a fortune and B, at the end of the conversation, I'm going to want to kill myself. You know, mm. you, you need to feel that you that you get on it needs to be an easy relationship and, and and starting that you need to have a view of what you're going to be charged i mean i and others but i work on a fixed price basis with people yeah so i'll tell them what their fees are going to be at the beginning of the year given my calculation of what the work's likely to be and they can contact me at any time they like and it's not going to cost them any more money yeah. now if i get that wrong and they're someone who is very, very time consuming, I might revise my fees for the next year, but I won't do it during the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the reality is, if you look across uh, your client bank, you do have people that are time consuming and you do have people that are not so time consuming. So generally speaking, it should wash out. So for me, I, I think it's important for uh, people to understand what the fees are going to be, just exactly what they're going to get for their money mm. and that they're speaking to someone that they feel confident with and that they have a, an easy relationship with. Yeah. So is there anything that you did answer it? You didn't go politician on me. I think that was it answered really nicely, actually, Jerry. Um, okay. So, Another thing that confuses people a lot is bookkeeping slash accountancy or versus accountancy. Mm. Talk to me about that because, again, it's something that I've had both and I couldn't work out why I needed both, particularly mm. when I stopped having one and just used the other and I found mm. the whole thing very confusing. And I've never actually been able to get to the bottom of the value of both. I'm sure there is. And I know that you work with a lot of bookkeepers as well. So talk to me about that. Well, bookkeeping is fundamentally record keeping. Um, it, it's keeping the records, but keeping them properly so that everything is um, properly labelled. So if you spend, I don't know, £100 on Facebook ads that when you record that you record it as a hundred pound facebook ads but you would record it under a a, a, um, a, a, a title maybe of marketing yeah so there, there might be another dozen things you do for marketing you might go networking and you might want to record all those costs under marketing and the reason that you would do that is then you you, you look at that and you say well i've spent four thousand pounds this year on marketing how much business have i got back was that successful? Was it worthwhile? That's yeah, why you yeah. would do that. Now, that's strictly speaking, not accounting. Having said that, most bookkeepers will get your ducks in a row record keeping right, but they won't drill into the numbers. Some do, but they won't drill into the numbers. 
So if 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 you need a bookkeeper, it's because for reasons of busyness or volume of uh, stuff going through your account, you need someone else to do that work for you. But then the bookkeeper would present the uh, the figures to the accountant for the accountant to look at and go, right, okay, now we need to do things to minimise your tax bill and we need to submit the, uh, your self-assessment in self-employed case to the uh, HMRC. Yeah. The reality is that the majority of your people in their first year or two should be able to do their own bookkeeping. And certainly if they came to me, I'd tell them how to do it yeah. and what yeah. to do. And then during the year, we touch base a few times so that they could see where they were going in terms of likely tax bill at the end of the year. Because, I, you know, I hate surprises. And that's one of the things, main things that your accountant should be doing is to ensure that you don't get a surprise. You yeah. know, that you don't, you know, April's the end of the tax year. You don't need to do your tax return until January the 31st in the following year. But if you do it in January the 31st in the following year, and you don't have a good idea of where you are, you're going to get a nasty surprise or potentially get a nasty surprise. Your accountant should be on top of that and sort of taking you by the hand and saying, right, hang on, we we perhaps need to have a little bit of a chat. I haven't seen any of your records for the last three months. Let's have a look. Or if it was like with an online bookkeeping system, they should just jump in and have a look. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, So um, anything else? that people need to know about their numbers and we can get all esoteric. You can just, you know, like we did with marketing, anything that you think as a starting up business is good for people and it's going to make them feel awesome and maybe just support them on the days, you know, those days where things aren't going so well and they need to kind of keep the faith a little bit. I think I think the key thing is to have a clear picture of what you're trying to achieve. So if you're in your first year of business, what do you want things to look like at the end of that year? And then you break that down into the steps that you need to take and the results you need to get during the year in order to achieve that objective. And if you can keep focused on that, then you can see your progress for good or bad. And if you're not making the progress you should be making or you want to be making, then something needs to change. But at least you're looking at that progress and you've got some decisions to make in what needs to change in order to get you back on track. And if you uh, are making the progress you want, you've got every reason to go buy yourself a bottle of Prosecco and give yourself a lovely hug. Fabulous. This is exactly the kind of thing I like to hear. So my second kind of part of that is... What don't people need to do? Because there's a lot of information comes at you when you start, um, isn't there? A lot of people come at you and say, you need to do this. Mm. What are you going to give people carte blanche to not do for at least the first year or two? Or ever. Um, <laughs> I'll go Corporal Jones on you. The first thing you shouldn't do is panic. There's so much information that comes at you. And there are so many people who um, are motivated uh, by their own 
desire to make money uh, who will uh, offer you advice that you don't really need early on. You know, maybe later you might, but initially your life is relatively straightforward. You need to find ways to get clients, get paid and manage your money. It, 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 there isn't really much more to do it than that. Of course, that's taking for granted that you can do what you're supposed to be doing. So if you're a hypnotherapist, you need to be a good hypnotherapist. But let's take that as a given. Presuming you're a good everyone's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're an awesome hypnotherapist, the first thing you need to find is some awesome clients. And when you've got those awesome clients or on uh, or part of that journey to finding the awesome clients is working out what you're going to charge people. Have a view of what your pricing is and don't be scared of it because you'll find that some people will see the value in what you do and be happy to pay you and some people won't and will try and negotiate you down or go elsewhere. Let them. Let them go elsewhere because they will bring your business down. You need to be making a profit. So you need to structure your pricing properly. And obviously, you'll be able to help people with that, Ali, in, in the hypnotherapy field. And then they need to go and find clients that are, are happy, happy to pay that. Because if they're not happy to pay that, you can't be fully awesome because you're spending time with people bickering about price all the yeah. time. It's just a nightmare. Don't go there in the first instance. Get your pricing right. Find your, I think the term is tribe, and deal with those people. You heard it here first. Uh, I happen to very much agree with Jerry on this one. Um, so we talked, you just touched a little bit on pricing there. Have you got any thoughts on how people can come to their price that they charge people? Any thoughts on it that might be helpful? Well, that that's... You can do it a number of ways. Um, there are certain costs involved. So, for example, if you're running a, a, an office or, uh, yeah, like a room somewhere yeah. that you uh, do your work in, you've got to factor into the cost of the room. Uh, sorry, for the cost of the room. You've also got to factor in the cost of getting there, the cost of parking, the cost of the coffee you're going to buy because you're going to buy it. Um, costs need to be factored into, into, into your pricing. You can't just ignore them. The other thing you need to factor into, into it is how much do you, do you want and need to make? Yeah, you know, yeah. so and how many clients? So, so a very, very horribly simplistic example. So uh, forgive me for this. But let's say you were going to charge £100 uh, for a session. And let's say that you wanted to make in your first year £24,000, just easy. Then you're going to need to do four clients. Uh, sorry, you're going to need to do two, uh, 240 clients, 20 clients a month, um, and which is uh, five clients a week, assuming a four-week month. So you, you're going to need to be able to do that. If you've then got costs involved on top of that, you're going to need to factor those costs in. Mm. So it's having a clear view because what that does is simplifies th things down to a, a really basic level. And it's, okay, for me to hit my target, 
I need to be getting X clients a month. Yeah. So how am I going to do that? Yeah. And then you're going to have to revise all your costs because you're going to have to look at that and think, okay, what's it going to cost me to get those clients a month? And now you're going to have to add that to your fee as well. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I see a lot of people. um... A lot of people going, oh, well, I've looked at the other ones in the area. So I'm going to charge that. And I was like, and I'm always like, please don't do that. Mm. Um, because no matter where you are, I always set people a challenge. Like, tell me where you live. And I said, in five minutes, I can Google and I can get you every cost or every price of a hypnotherapist from £25 to £100. And it genuinely doesn't matter where somebody lives. So I always think that's a really terrible way. They always... People talk about kind of like, you know, see, look, look at your competitors. And although, yes, there is an element of that, mm. I think people lead with it. Um, and I don't know how it doesn't, it sounds like that's not your, you don't start like that. I, I don't think so. I think you need to start by understanding, back to the term tribe, who your tribe is mm. and the value that you bring to those people. And then there is an element of, you know, what the market kind of charges. But if the market charges between £25 and £100, for argument's sake, where do you want to sit in that? You, if you look at that market and think, well, I can actually add more or better value because, 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 yeah. then you need to get the top end of it, not the bottom end of it. Yeah. You pay peanuts, you get monkeys. You know, that's... That's the way to view it. Not that I'm saying that some hypnotherapists will charge £25 a monkeys, but you get what you pay for. Yes, and there's an expectation, and I think you get the clients, depending on what you charge as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, to a greater or lesser extent. Um, I, I've often found that the more I charge, the better clients I get, which I it, which sounds really weird. And that's not kind of a hard and fast rule, mm. um, you know, and obviously I want to see a volume of clients, but equally there has to be a balance in there. And I, I definitely noticed that as I charged more, I got people, clients who were more committed to the process, in fact. Um, but, I mean, the key thing is that your clients get you to take them on this particular journey and the you is your point of difference um and that's the case for anybody you know i i would happily look someone in the eye and they say well why should we go with you as opposed to someone else you're exactly the same price and i'd simply say well you get me and if you don't think that that you know if if you look at the other firm and think well it's a toss-up then go with them if you don't see the value in me taking you on this journey, don't go on this journey with me. Yeah. I'm not going to drop my price. And to be honest, if you don't think I'm awesome, go find an accountant that you do think's awesome. Yeah. And the same with hypnotherapy. So very, just very be awesome. And, and, and don't try and get clients that are not going to be able to pay you a decent amount for your awesomeness because you can always give service away. It's really easy to do. But at the end of the day, you're offering a fantastic service. You're changing people's lives for the better and people are happy to pay for that. Yes. The right people. 
Yeah, as you say, it is. It's the right people. And that's why right going right back to the beginning of what we were talking about, you said, actually, you need to think about your marketing because mm. it does. They're so intricately connected, aren't they? Because that, that will denote everything that comes after that. Um, and every everything kind of conversation. you do to promote your business comes under the title of marketing. So yeah. if you go to a network meeting, if you go to a, a, a women in business meeting, it's marketing activity. So think when you go along about what it is that you offer people and make sure that you can articulate that properly so they see who you are. Fab. That is a lovely place to pause that, Jerry. Thank you very much for that. That's been really helpful. And I know that the people who listen to this will really enjoy it. No, not least because it's always what I get asked about when I'm teaching. So I know they want to know about you. Um, so I'm going to add in all your fun stuff in the show notes. And we talked about those, you know, the nice lists, obviously, they will only be to the date when we publish. Um, depending on when you listen to this, that might have changed. But equally, it'll point you in the right direction. And if there are any other fun links and arrows I can put on the show notes, I will do that. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Jerry. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Been lovely talking to you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Be sure to rate, review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to follow, rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Be a great friend too and share it with your hypnotherapy friends and colleagues. There are enough clients to go around, so let's build everyone up. We'll see you next time on Create Your Thriving Hypnotherapy Business Podcast and... Let's go change the world.